Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Jam, down by the seaside. Beckham Z-Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Ron, Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon, down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity, Keystone Velocity Keystone Velocity and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the wire fire your guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the sport of harness racing post time with Mike and Mike with co-hosts Mike Carter and it's bus 936 and bus 936 on the wings of an angel and Mike Bozich outside heaven rocks but the clock's running out filibuster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry Thursday in September, the little brown jug, the atmosphere, the excitement, the everything that the little brown jug offers. And this year, it's going to be an extremely competitive event. Some very heavy hitters will be taking the track at Delaware, Ohio today, roughly at about 342 Eastern time. And that is when Jug Elimination won Carded as race 15 will go off. I am Mike Bozich. Welcome to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo today. As expected, Mike Carter with uh, his heavy duties with the fan zone will be in Delaware, Ohio, covering the action for you. Make sure you uh, follow the fan zone on Twitter and social media because they'll be bringing you the action all day long. Make sure you tune into the Jug broadcast. They're getting ready to start at 11 a.m. And we have got a very interesting show for you today. We kind of switched the format up a little bit. We knew everybody was going to be busy at the Little Brown Jug today, running around like chickens with their head cuts on, cut off. And that's it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So what we did was we had to tape a majority of these interviews in the beginning of the week. Uh, and the theme of this show is we're going to go behind the scenes of what happens at the Little Brown Jug. It's a short meet, but an awful lot of work goes into it from a lot of different perspectives. And leading up to the winks, we listen, we've talked to a lot of the horsemen about a lot of these same horses that you'll see on the racetrack today. Courtly Choice, we've had Blake McIntosh on a lot over the last couple of months. Um, Tony Alani has been on the show talking about Stay Hungry. 
You know, we've talked about Dorsaduro Hanover. We've talked about Lather Up. Montrell's been on this program. We talked to Michelle Crawford about the recent purchase of West Delight. We'll see him in action today as well. But we haven't really had a chance to talk to the participants, people that really do a lot of the behind-the-scenes work uh, for the Little Brown Jug and the meet in Delaware, Ohio, to get things ready. So I'm excited for this program, and I guarantee you, that you're going to hear some very, very good things, some very good insights, some information. Mike Carter actually had a chance to join us uh, yesterday. We uh, we had a chance to talk a little bit about what Mike Carter is doing and what the Harness Racing Fan Zone is doing to help promote the sport of harness racing in Delaware, Ohio. So Mike Carter is going to actually join his own show for the first segment to talk a little bit about that. But it's some good stuff, so you want to stay tuned for that. Plus... Listen, whenever you get a chance to talk to an outrider, in my opinion, outriders are one of the most underrated positions in this whole industry. They, for the most part, are in charge of the safety of the horsemen and horsewomen and horses on that racetrack each and every race, each and every day. Missy Roth is one of the best in the business. One of the outriders at the uh, at the Delaware, Ohio County Fair will be joining us. We had a chance to talk to her. Plus, Dave Brower, it's always great to sit down and talk with Dave. How does he prepare for what is a very interesting broadcast? And we had a chance to talk about the the jug broadcast. Now, he went the full five days this year. Uh Usually it's only a couple of days, Jughead and Jug, but he went the full five days this year. And I'll tell you, it's a very interesting broadcast uh, day in and day out on the live feed with Dave Bianconi and uh, Wendy Ross because it's such – it's so informal. You've got a lot of things that come up. It's not structured. Like Dave and I got into a real good conversation about how the Hamiltonian broadcast with Gary Seibel is very structured. You've got segments. You've got uh, time constraints. You know, just a very structured broadcast where this you've got to have a lot of material. It's almost like doing a baseball game or uh, golf or something like that, where you have to just have a lot of material and you're on for an awfully long time. And you've got you don't really know who's going to be your next interview. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's a great broadcast. I just love listening to it. Dave Brower is going to take us a little bit behind the scenes of the preparation that goes goes into that broadcast. Plus. We had a chance to sit down and talk with the uh, with Jason Suttlemore, who's the director of simulcast at the Little Brown Chug, as well as the assistant announcer. Uh, gives Roger Houston a break up there. Of course, Roger Houston, the voice of the Little Brown Chug. And we've talked to Roger a whole lot, but we had a chance to sit down and talk with Jason about his duties at the Little Brown Chug. Really good interview. You're certainly not going to want to miss that. Plus, non-jug related they just had a fantastic meetup of the Minnesota Oval Running Aces. Darren Gagne is going to sit down, and he's going to kind of put a wrap on what was a great, great meet. Their meets continue to get better and better each and every year. Ben Blum and the gang just work very hard uh, to make that a very good experience for all the racing fans, both on and off track. And Darren Gagne is going to talk to us a little bit about that as he puts a wrap on the 2018 Running Aces uh, series uh, meet, rather, in that weekly series. Plus, we're going to actually take a look at the eliminations. Like I say, three, what is it? Three forty-two is the estimated post time for the first of two little brown jug eliminations. And we'll talk about that as well. So lots going on on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike. It's a behind the scenes look at the little brown jug. Mike Carter and I will chat for a minute in just a minute on post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. 
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. I do want to remind everybody before we get into our little chat session with Mike Carter to start this program off that we will be broadcasting live from Hoosier Park Racing and Casino tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Mike Carter, Ayers Ratliff, Gold Sheet Bob, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Otten will all be at Hoosier Park to cover the Hoosier Pacing Derby once again tomorrow. Airtime is at 8 p.m. Eastern. Make plans to join us as we broadcast live from Hoosier Park coming up. Tomorrow, once again, 8 p.m. Eastern is the showtime. Mark it on your calendar. Do not forget. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Mike Carter is on assignment, but he is going to join us here for just a few minutes as we're going to talk a little bit about the Little Brown Jug and the Harness Racing Fan Zones uh, kind of responsibilities to promote this and what they're doing, you know, to promote the Little Brown Jug and the Delaware card in general. Let's bring 
the co-host of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter. Mike, we're kind of breaking format here, my friend, so you're kind of like a guest on your own program. How does that feel? Well, listen, we've been breaking format over the last couple of weeks. It seems like I'm out, you're out, I'm out, you're out. So, uh, listen, man, we're, we we need to get off the struggle bus a little bit and uh, keep on rolling. Well, you know, listen, we've got a lot of responsibilities. I know especially you do, my friend. You're doing a lot of things for the Harness Racing Fan Zone. You've been on assignment for uh, quite a quite a while, basically, since you've taken this position. I mean, you've been doing just a lot of different things over there. I mean, whether it's, you know, promoting it basically on social media, but, you know, through other platforms as well. And, and we know you're kind of a busy guy, but especially busy this week. And understandably so because i mean this is the little brown jug and this has been dubbed the people's race and i have to tell you whoever give it that name i think that's pretty much on par don't you think yeah for sure i I definitely think it's the people's race i mean you get the big crowds and you know the excitement and the atmosphere of the delaware ohio county fair there's nothing like fair racing and uh you've called your fair share of fairs and so have i and there's just nothing like it Let's talk a little bit about the Harness Racing Fan Zone. Obviously, there's, you know, we we just talked to Jason Suttermore. We had a chance to talk to Dave Brower. Uh, a lot of preparation from a lot of different angles goes in to not only the Little Brown Jug, but, you know, the short meet in general, the races leading up to it, which include the Jugette. Mike, tell us a little bit about what goes through the harness racing fan zone some of the responsibilities of the fan zone and some of your responsibilities in promoting the meet you know obviously you know there's a lot of things that go into uh, little brown jug week you've got the ust speaker series presented by the harness racing fan zone and that's one of the biggest promotions that we put on um, while we are at the jug um, that takes place on Wednesday and a Thursday morning. We have two sessions on Wednesday and three on Thursday. Um, we start Wednesday at 9 o'clock. You know, we bring some of the guests on. And basically, uh, we're there to kind of, you know, highlight the fans and find out what they want to know from some of their drivers and trainers and things that we may have uh, that we may have on stage that day. And then, of course, you know, we try to get as many uh, warm-ups as we can. We try to get as much footage from the jug barn as we can. Um, We really want to bring people into the race. That's really what this comes down to. Tell us a little bit about the day-to-day. Now, listen, you've been to the Brown Jug for a couple of years now. This is the first time uh, that you've been there representing the United States Trotting Association via the Harness Racing Fan Zone. Tell us about what a day in the life at the at the Brown Jug is going to consist for one Mike Carter. <laughs> Do you really want to know? Um, well, we know you're up at 6 in the morning, so start there. Well, I said it started on Tuesday um, where we laid cables down. Uh, we did some preliminary interview stuff for the Delaware County Historical Society. Um, and then uh, we go into Wednesday. Uh, we get there early, set the speaker series up. Um, you know, host both sessions, talk with the fans a little bit. And then uh, we head to the infield, and we just, you know, we start shooting races. Um, you know, we start shooting, you know, things that we may need, the Ohio Breeders' Championships. Um, I know our photographer, Mark Hall, likes to get a bunch of the two-year-old pictures just in case because you never know when one's going to turn up and be a good one. And then um, Thursday morning we get up and do it all over again, except probably about an hour and a half or two hours earlier. And it's an all-day project, but it's worth it. It's a lot of fun, and it's, you know, something that uh, we take a lot of pride in. 
Now, we talked a little bit about the Speaker Series, and actually, Dave Brower, and, and we're taping this, by the way, on Tuesday night. We're taping these interviews because, obviously, everybody's going to be busy on Thursday morning, so you're hearing a lot of these interviews that were taped on Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, we talk about the Speaker Series. Dave Brower was actually a little bit nervous. That was like kind of his uh, nerve-wracking thing because – there's a lot of people, a, a, a big crowd that shows up to watch the Speaker Series, and that's really turned into a popular event uh, in the Little Brown Jug in the days leading up. Yeah, it has, and it, it's you know, it really just depends on the guest you have. And like this year, we're going to have Tony Lanya up there at uh, some point throughout the series. Of course, the Buckeye David Miller is. Um, always one that you really really want to look at as well uh you know the, the the fans want to know who's in the race they want to know about the horses in the race and i think with the triple crown coming up this year you know it brings even more of a fun aspect to it because then you can kind of tie the big races in together and um you know it allows the fans to interact with um some of the people that they don't necessarily get to interact with on a daily basis and it brings them a little bit closer to the racing action Mike, one final question before we let you go and move on with the program. Uh, from a personal standpoint, you're a Breakthrough Award winner. You got your start at the at the Shenandoah Fair in Virginia, which, by the way, we'll talk a little bit more about next week. Um, and, you know, you've really accomplished so much in such a short time. I mean, here you are, the director of social media now, uh, social media coordinator for the Harness Racing Fan Zone. What does it mean to you on a personal level to be standing there at the Little Brown Jug, the people's race, covering that action? You know, it's really special. Um, it, it, this has been a work in progress over the last month or so. Um, I, I don't think people realize how much work goes into these kinds of projects. And basically what it comes down to, Mike, is, you know, the hard work and dedication of everybody involved at the USTA, um, from every employee to the people at the Little Brown Jug, every person who works there. And on a personal level, it's just it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, we can sit back and go, you know what, we put on the best show we possibly could for the fans. Speaking of Friday night, Mike, Friday night, you'll be in action with a gang of thousands at the Hoosier Pacing Derby. That's coming up Friday night. Our airtime is 8 o'clock. Who are you going to have with you over there at uh, beautiful Hoosier Park? You're going to have a – got a major, major uh, cast uh, on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Listen, we got a, a heck of a lot of characters. We're going to have you at some point, I'm sure. We're going to have Ayers Ratliff. Um, who co-hosted this show with us last year, Gold Sheep Bob. Um, we're also going to have Garnett Barnsdale, Jessica Otten, will also be a part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of people, but we're bringing the all-star cast because, you know what, they've got three very nice races on Saturday night, and we want to make, or excuse me, on Friday night, we want to make sure they all get covered correctly. Um, we know how much Rick Moore loves our program, and we want to make sure we do them due diligence, and you know, the people who support us, we try to make sure we take care of. And that's the biggest thing of the whole, you know, the whole program, so to speak, Mike, and I think I can speak for you when I say this, is these people trust us to come out to their racetracks and put on a good show and to promote their product. And I think that, you know, sometimes you need the all-star cast to do that. And uh, no matter no matter what it takes, we try to make sure we do that for uh, the tracks that support us. 
All right, fun, fun, fun stuff. So Thursday, or rather Friday night, uh, 8 o'clock, post time. Check it out, post time at MikeAndMike.com. Mike, uh, I guess we'll be uh, joining it in your regular format coming up next Thursday when Mike and Mike get back together. At least that's the plan anyway. <laughs> the yeah, yeah listen, that's the plan. We're we're shooting for that, uh, anyways. But uh, listen, my the the guy at Firestone who works uh, right outside our uh, our offices at the USTA, me and him are on a first name basis. My car is currently getting an oil change at the rate of once a month. So that tells you how many miles we're putting on. But you know what? We're having fun while we're doing it, and uh, you know it's going to be awesome. All right, you're not going every three thousand miles on that oil change. Or you got to go every five thousand miles. Well, I, I'm going about, listen, you're going to be surprised when I say this. I'm going about every, I don't know, 4,500 or 5,000. No, that's so good. I'm doing about 4,500 miles a month. Well, that's so, good. Uh, that, that tells you how far we're going. Oh, my goodness. Well, you're a traveling man and a traveling machine. Mike, we certainly uh, appreciate you joining us on your own program, and we'll uh, check in with you Friday night for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, as we continue our inside look at what happens behind the scenes at the Little Brown Junket. Right now, we're here with the Outrider from Delaware, Ohio, and the Little Brown Jug in particular. Her name is Missy Rothfuss. Missy, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Missy, uh, it got off to a very interesting start. Let's go ahead and start with that. Uh, you had to you had to flag down a loose horse, uh, and obviously that's one of the main jobs of an outrider. Tell us in this particular instance what exactly happened. Um, on Sunday um, during the amateur race, we had we actually had three loose horses. Two of them we had before they could even get rolling. Um, two guys hooked wheels. Courtney grabbed the one really quick, and the other one come around, and the guy, you can see it on the video, he was, like, stuck, and then the spike flipped, and he came, and I was setting up to get him, and that horse plowed the horse that was right in front of me. T-boned that girl. She fell. That horse come into me, slammed me. I grabbed him. I actually dropped the reins on my horse. I had that horse, um, Alicia. She jumped back up, grabbed her horse. And we set up to go get the other horse that was coming around loose. And we, he come around the track, and I snagged him. 
then, yeah, it, it was like, I actually, um, Angie Coleman sent me the clip of that because we really, in that whole thing there, we had no idea what happened because it was this other chaos. Like, there was horses and people and everything. It could have got really, really bad. <laughs> Missy, one of the things, uh, obviously, that goes into outriding is just what we talked about, watching for loose horses and, hey, listen, it's it's a dangerous game. I mean, accidents uh, certainly happen. What are some of the things that go through your mind when you see a loose horse? I mean, is it is it pretty much on the cuff, or do you just kind of have a plan, or do you create a plan as it's happening, or is it just instinct? You've probably done it so many times. Um, a lot of it, like I tell the young, like my backups or the ones in training, I said you always look for the horse that's going to cause the most trouble, and. You, like you set up, you try to look really quick to see where everybody's laid out at, you know, what the horse is doing, and then you go. And a lot of people don't realize, like, when new girls are starting out, they think you set right up in front of the horse and the horse will come right to you. No, they go left or right. They'll shy from you. It doesn't matter if you pony this horse or if it's a horse from your own barn. They're loose. So I always set up, and you always start ahead, like, you don't wait on the horse. You have to have your horse in motion. And like how I do it, I set up, it would be three wide in the racing world from the horse, and I come down at an angle and grab them. And I'm always, like my black horse is incredibly fast. And, and even with him, I start out ahead. <laughs> and you know what? And that was the next thing I was going to ask you. Obviously, if you're going to be an outrider, you have to have a horse. You have to be on top of a horse that certainly knows what uh, he or she is doing. Yeah. And it's like, Courtney, this is her first year, and she is going to be a fabulous outrider, Courtney Beatty. I mean, the two horses, her one little horse, Jag, she got off of me. He was a kill pen save, and I regret selling the horse. I mean, but he is going to be a fabulous horse, and her other horse, Huey, he is going to be a good She is going to be an awesome outrider. Like, she got to experience without too much pressure, because I was there, that her horses will go in and do it, and that's the hardest thing you can put all the work in on these horses and you don't know if they're going to handle it when it comes time to something like that because it's a scary situation and that's when you find out if you have a horse and you, i put i usually put six months in on them before i even send them to the track i put a lot of time ponying working them getting them used desensitizing them to stuff i i do a lot of i hang jugs off of them with rocks so they get used to stuff banging off of them um, I pony, my husband helps me a lot, you know, getting them used to the bikes and everything. I do a, a, it's a lot of work. And I mean, and the best thing is if like these girls, everybody, you'll see everybody like, Oh, I want to do that job. I want to do that job. And they watch the good horses do it. And they think it's really easy. I think I've been doing it 23 years. I probably did at least 200 horses. I found 10 that will make the cut. Wow. Visiting with outrider Missy Rothfuss. Now, Missy, is there anything different uh, when you outride uh, in a place like the Little Brown Jug in Delaware, Ohio, as opposed to, say, your home base, the Meadows, or anywhere else? Yeah, I have an infield. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest thing ever, because I can set up and, like, you know, maneuver easier. At Meadows, we have the bottomless pit. So you have to, you know, you've got to work a little different there. And you have to really be on your toes at the meadows because the horses, and plus our farch and our gates are open. We have no gates on the one end. So 
setting up there is completely different than setting up there. Like Monday, we had another loose horse, a trotter. And he got loose in the, um, right by the three-quarter pole. And he went to the fence, and he hit the fence, and it kind of looked like he was going to spin the other way. So I was in the middle running, but I had my horse checked because I didn't know which way he was going to go. And then he ended up continuing around, but he was in the ditch. They have a little ditch here with, like, dirt, and he was in there. And when I went down to grab him, I looked up, and the, their camera was right there on the fence with the wires. And I'm like, oh, my, i got to get this horse right now. We're going to have a big old mess. <laughs> Uh, it's it, 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 it something else. I'm <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, a day in the life of of Missy Rothfuss, especially during jug season. Take us through a uh, a day a day in the life starting when you get up. Um, I get up. I have my dogs with me, so they go to the barn with me. I do the stalls, get my horses ready, or do my stalls, give them hay. Um, we, our post time, it depends on our post time. Our post is at one. You know, I let them relax, give hay. We start getting ready about it two hours out. And then, uh, Scarlet Wilder is parade marshalling this week. She's using two of mine. She's using actually my horse dude, my big Palomino, and she's using my new horse, he, my red one. And she's been post parading all week on them. So I have all three of mine here. And we go over, we have to blow in, just like the drivers do. We look at the programs, and for me, it, that's my weakest point because I do not know any of these horses here. Because a lot of them are fair races from Ohio. Like now, the next two days, I will some of the bigger races. I know a lot of the horses. Um, so like if there's a bad actor, I'm basically I have to be on my toes because I don't know these horses, <laughs> yeah. and that's what's hard. Like I have at home, I have a list of all the bad actors, exactly what they do. And every new horse that acts up, I put them on the list. So that way I always have, if I'm off, I can get my backup fit. Like, hey, this one doesn't turn. This one's a ponier. This one runs off. You know, keep an eye on this one. And it's just, it's a lot of, there's a lot more work than people realize. Like a lot of days, like perfect day to me, it's sitting out there and crying about how hot it is. <laughs> Missy, one final, one final question before we let you go. What does it mean to you personally to be the outrider for the Little Brown Jug? Um, it's it's a great honor. I have been very blessed. This is my fourth consecutive year. I rode in 2008 under Cindy Johnson, and, I mean, she is my absolute hero. I look up to that lady so much. And this year, I mean, even though I'm from the Meadows and I'm known as a good outrider, I still had to prove myself here. And it, it, it's, it's, it's an honor. Like, every outrider wants to ride the Little Brown Jug. And I always said, like, after you ride the Little Brown Jug, you realize it's a hard week. It's harder than riding at the Meadows. It's harder than any track I ever rode at. It is, it's riding at a glorified fair. And it's a lot of work. And, I mean, I absolutely love it, though. It's a great week. And I'm tired, and my horses are tired by the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Missy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you at, at, the, at the Little Brown Jug, and uh, we'll be talking to you, uh, I'm sure, pretty soon. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And 
Tyler Patrick and a Coast Home Champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pet Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and Pet Rock together, run, 49 and 2. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know pacing for the cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, as we continue to look behind the scenes of the Little Brown Jug with some of the major players. Right now, we're joined by part of the broadcast team, Dave Brower. Dave, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks so very much for having me on. And I'll tell you what, I know you're hopping on out here uh, at some point, uh, or Carter is, and uh, we've got some glorious weather coming up for the next three days of the Delaware County Fair. We've had some super racing to kick off the meet on the Sunday and Monday afternoon cards, and it should continue today. One o'clock post, 13 race card, lots of good betting opportunities. And i tell you what, for the wagerers out there, Mike, we've had some juicy, super effective payoffs. So that would be my... That would be my initial uh, impression to tell you what to key on. Try and bet some of those supers and use some of those long shots. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes the Little Brown Jug great because, you know, a lot of people assume just the half-mile track that it's going to be chalky, but a lot of times you could get some really, really good value on these races, especially the days leading up to the Little Brown Jug. But you are a part of the broadcast team, and I'll tell you what, I love the broadcast, the Hamiltonian broadcast with, uh, you know, Gary Seibel and yourself, but this is a little bit of a different broadcast. It's a little bit more informal. You have a chance to interact with the fans a lot more. You take emails, you answer tweets, Facebook messages, and you do a lot of informal interviews. It's it's really a different kind of broadcast, isn't it? It most certainly is, and it's very, very challenging. You know how hard it is when you're taken out of your comfort zone. But I look forward to the challenge. Now, last year, when I stepped into our uh, dear departed Sam McKee seat, I was a little intimidated. I really was, I have to admit, because I wanted to honor his memory sitting in that chair and do uh, you know what I thought and hoped would be a very good job. This year I'm a little bit more at ease, and we've had some fun uh, being able to add two more days to the broadcast this year. Today, the rest of the A-team comes on in. We've got the executive vice president, director of racing uh, at Northfield Park, Dave Bianconi, who will be sitting to my left. Wendy Ross will now be with us uh, full-time as well. And, of course, we get lots of interjection from Hall of Famer Roger Houston and uh, Jason Settlemore as well. So we try to have a lot of fun with it. The 
first two days were, you know, pretty much off the cuff. We had some guests in. We had a great guest, the future president of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association, Steve Bateson, who gave us great inside info on some of these fair horses. He had a couple of six-to-one winners that I know I couldn't have picked with a Ouija board. Somehow he knew uh, how they were getting ready for the races. Uh, we had Joe McLeod from Sugar Valley Farm. You know how uh, much improved the breeding program is out here in Ohio. So great guests. We had a lot of fun. Now we get down to the nitty-gritty there. And then, of course, on Jughead Day Wednesday and Little Brown Jug Day Thursday, we've got Heather Wilder in the back paddock setting us up with uh, all of those interviews. So I've got to be ready for anything. You know how hard that can be, but I do enjoy the challenge. Yeah, it is certainly a lot of uh, off-the-cuff, so to speak, where the Hamiltonian broadcast maybe is certainly more structured. You never kind of know what's going to hit you here in, the, in these little brown jug broadcasts <laughs> of the days leading up to it. But uh, how much preparation goes into a broadcast like this? Well, I'll tell you what. Throughout the course of the racing year, especially when we get into the stake season, I try to read everything that's out there. I try to listen to you guys and your show and, you know, on U.S. Trotting. and You know, we get DRF Harness newsletters. Uh, we get the HarnessRacing.com newsletters over the weekend and uh, things like that, plus Harness Racing Update. Of course, Dave Briggs does such a great job with that. So if I see a note or a horse that I think will be pertinent, you know, towards some race on Jug Week, I'll put it in my phone. So my phone, you know, in the week leading up to uh, this week is full of little tidbits and notes. Uh, and, if you know, if they're applicable, then that's great. Then I can use them on the show. I get a lot of stuff, of course, from our dear uh, friend Bob Hayden. You know, he's the master of, uh, of information as well. So I've got notes uh, that we can use that, some jug fun facts, some stats and things like that. So I try to just have a general base of stuff that I can refer to. And then if it pops into your head when you're on live TV, then it sounds great. Sometimes you've got to look for it, and we've got piles of information there. But uh, that's how much preparation goes into it. Not to mention the fact that we've got to handicap sometimes 20 race cards, which uh, I've begun to do for that Wednesday program. One of my favorite uh, parts throughout the broadcast is the fact that you interact with the fans via, uh, you know, Twitter and, and emails and, and that kind of thing. And, and that's really got it. I think that's a really, really awesome thing. I know you probably uh, like that as well, huh? I do. You know, you and I are both huge social media guys, so I think that's such an important tool for us in bringing the sport of harness racing to everybody. And there's such a big fan base of everybody within the harness racing community. Many people are on Twitter. Many people are on Facebook. They love to have their names heard with shout-outs and questions and stories like that. So, hey, listen, you can reach me any one of three ways. Brower at PlayMetalands.com with an email. Of course, if you're one of my uh, friends on Facebook, you can do that as well. And I'm at E.E. Doogie on Twitter. I have the computer fired up. I've got the phone sitting there on the charger so it doesn't run out of power, and we're ready to go. So if you send me a good story, a betting score, uh, anything, your favorite little brown jug moment, which jug was your favorite, I'd love to have it, love to be able to to, uh, spit that out on the air and uh, get a lot of people involved. You know, it's the old uh, join the conversation story. You and I have been a big part of that, and we love to do it. Dave, obviously we're taping this interview on Tuesday, and for very good reason, because on Thursday morning, and uh, by the time the show airs, it'll be over with, but you're taking part in the Speaker Series. What's what's that experience like? It's a lot of fun, and I'll tell you why, because you'd be shocked at how many people are here at 8 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. There's two or 300 people in that tent, so it's always been a, a pleasure of mine to help out 
uh, the USTA, U.S. Trotting Association, and now your buddy, Mike Carter, who will be the host of that program over the uh, Wednesday and Thursday cards. Did you just look at the lineup of uh, guests that he has for Wednesday and Thursday, he and Wendy Ross? It's a superstar lineup. I'll be joining Hall of Famer Roger Houston and Wendy, and we're going to try to drag Bean Coney with us out of bed early on Thursday. <laughs> Good luck with that. that that's the, yeah, that's the hard thing. You know, he, he stiffed us last year. I'm going to try to talk him into it this year. But uh, hundreds of people come out to that tent. Uh, the Christian Harness Horsemen's Association, the U.S. Trotting, they uh, share that tent with the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association, I believe. Uh, there's always donuts. There's always coffee, so you can you know get your second or third cup in and just listen to a lot of fun. You'd be amazed at some of the great questions that some of these fans come up with, and uh, they're happy to see the stars. I'm happy to be a part of it, and always uh, look forward to uh, giving uh, you know giving my time and getting here early. The biggest problem for me is setting that alarm and actually getting out of bed when it goes off. <laughs> well, Dave, we know you're getting ready to head out. Real quick before we let you go, I got two final questions. Once again, we are taping this on a Tuesday, so you're getting ready to head out the door, getting ready to get into the car. Give the fans a little bit of a synopsis. What's the first thing you do? Like, What are some of the first things you do as part of the broadcast team when you get out of that car and, and uh, get to work? Well, you walk into the log cabin. You plop down all your information. You know, we've got a, got a big uh, bag of notebooks and programs and media guys, a laptop computer bag. I always have my bag of snacks for us on the set. Gabe Pruitt would be proud of that. Some <laughs> Swedish fish, some apples, uh, some granola, some, uh, some almonds and all kinds of stuff, some Snickers bars, because we need a lot of energy yep. uh, to get through what is a pretty long day. So that's the first stop. You check in with everybody over at the log cabin. Then you make your way across the infield to our infield uh, set there. We're in that booth. I'll stop in the TV truck to make sure everybody's on the same page. They have my picks. They've got everybody's graphics ready to go. And then I like to just sit down in the booth when it's nice and quiet and kind of arrange all my things just to get ready for the day because you want to know where everything is. You have to refer to it. Get that laptop fired up, punch in that Wi-Fi password, and then I'm ready to go. Dave Brower, well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's, listen, it's the most wonderful time of the year if you're a harness racing fan. The Little Brown Jug, it's been dubbed the people's race, and I think that's for very good reason. Dave, we appreciate you joining us, my friend, and we'll be watching you a little bit later on today. All right, Mike, thanks so much. I look forward to uh, seeing the other Mike with us out here. And, again, everybody, please tune in. It's the funnest five days of racing out of the entire year. No question about it. Thank you, Dave. All right, take care, Mike. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. 
Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bosich, along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by Jason Settlemore. And Jason is someone that wears many hats at the Little Brown Jug and the couple days leading up, of course, to the big race. Jason, how are you, my friend? Good. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful day and uh, getting ready for some uh, great racing here. All right, and of course, we're kind of taking a look at what happens behind the scenes uh, over the last couple of interviews of the Little Brown Jug. Lots of things, lots of work goes on, you know, to get these, uh, obviously, the Little Brown Jug race, but of course, the cards leading up to the Little Brown Jug, including the Jug, and a lot is involved in getting everything ready to go. Jason, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, in your duties in the Little Brown Jug and that uh, the short meet overall. No, not a problem at all. So uh, I actually, I, I do all the simulcast work, and uh, so obviously that entails uh, uh, getting all the contracts out to the uh, export sites and staying after them until they get them signed and get them back to me, and then uh, working with uh, sending out all the uh, pool definitions and the changes for the day and, and uh, do some morning line work um, on jug days, the day that I, I typically do it, eat cotch handles the days before. Uh, since he's out here, gets out here a couple of days before me. And then, of course, I uh, do the uh, announcing there, uh, backing up Roger and uh, the assistant announcer here in Delaware, and, and try to help out just about everywhere that I can. And, and uh, you know, so, so wearing a lot of hats, but, uh, you know, we get a lot done and a lot accomplished in a short period of time out here in Delaware. And it's something you, you certainly have to be passionate about um, because at the end of the week, you are whipped, and that's for certain. No question about it. It's a lot of races in a very short period of time. But this is something that has to be special for you because Ohio is your home state. And and it had to always be some kind of dream to work in some capacity with the Little Brown Jug. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, I grew up about uh, 40 minutes from Delaware. And, you know, there was always a dream. I've been, I haven't missed the Jug since 1989. Uh, when I was 12 years old. So, um, and as a matter of fact, it got to a point where all the school teachers and everything even were asking me for uh, school teachers and principals would know where I'm at the uh, third Thursday past uh, Labor Day, and they would ask, start asking me for passes to get into the, the little brown jug because they, so all of us were actually uh, missing school or skipping school at that point. Uh, my, me and my, my teachers, my principals, uh, to go up to the Little Brown Jug. So, um, and, and I haven't missed one since 1989, and then I started working for the Jug, doing blankets, throwing blankets, and doing winter circle presentations in 1995. And uh, haven't looked back since, and aired at the simulcast work there, and then um, also took over the announcing responsibilities as well. So, yeah, this has been, been a dream of mine. Um, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's obviously very fantastic to be able to to do the things that you you've dreamed of. So 
Um, yeah, I, I've, I'm always, uh, you know, I, I always try to take a step back when I'm home here in Delaware uh, for the jug and realize just how special it is and try not to get caught up in all the, the minutia and work and work and work. Try to take a step back and, and look and, and remind myself of how really special it is. And that's a really good point because I think a lot of us get caught up in the day-to-day grind and, and uh, you know, a lot of us forget to kind of step back and say, you know what, hey, we're in it for the love of the sport. But take us through a typical day uh, in the life of the Little Brown Jug and in the days leading up to it. And obviously it's a it's a short meet, but even though it's a short meet, there has to be a lot of work and a lot of preparation that goes into it. Take us through a day in the life of Jason Settlemore when you're working on Ohio Responsibilities. Yep, so I'll get up first thing in the morning, and I'll be, um, we've got a, a, a uh, on Wednesday mornings, we have a uh, Little Brown Jug Society meeting, so I'll attend that. It starts at 7 o'clock in the morning with breakfast, and the meeting starts around 7.30, 4 to 8. I'll attend that, and then uh, come over to the uh, county fairgrounds and, and send out, get you know, the full definition, send out the, uh, uh, the changes, and quickly do that because uh, we're running up against time because the first race post time is 11 a.m. And then I'll uh, run over to the announcer's booth, get the changes out to the public, and uh, call the first couple races and, uh, and then get Roger up into the announcer's booth and, you know, and keep track of all the handles throughout the day after each every race, the live on track and the off track, and uh, then wrap it up at the end of the night by sending out the handle reports and wrapping up with the announcing responsibilities. So, um, it's it's uh, it's a grind that's for certain, and uh, but it's a passion as you know, and it's a love that we have for the game and for the sport. That uh, you know that you know we we're not in it for the money. We're in it because we have the we, we have a passion for for the great sport. Visiting with Jason Settlemore, a man of many hats in Delaware, Ohio, and the Little Brown Jug. Jason, let me ask you this: What is it about? the little brown jug that makes people so excited about harness racing. What is so special about this race in your opinion? My opinion is, is that there's a lot that goes into it. And like I said, in a short period of time, and there's, a, there's a lot of people that have a lot of passion for it. And it's a, it's a race that's been around uh, for the 73 years now. And I think that it's, it, it's never lost its, its luster. Um, People always know what it is the third Thursday after Labor Day. And, you know, people genuinely get excited about it in the sport of harness racing. People come from all over the world for the Little Brown Jug. And I think that that's what's part of it makes it special as well, is that we all meet back in one place, one time every year. And that's for the Little Brown Jug. You get to see all your friends that uh, you haven't seen over the past year. And, and so I think that that's part of it being special. And then obviously the fantastic horses. Fantastic. Well, Jason, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you and the crew in Delaware, Ohio, as we look forward to yet another exciting Little Brown Jug. (laughs) Thank you, Jason.
yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces in Minnesota. Time to recap the big Night of Champions program on Saturday night, September the 15th, which closed out the 2018 live racing season at Running Aces. Again, this was held on Saturday night, September the 15th, a total of 13 races on the day with one undercard non-betting event and 12 betting races. We had a carryover of just around $42,000 in the 20-cent Pick 5 jackpot wager coming into the final night of the season. We had a $100,000 total pool guarantee, and the pool well exceeded the $100,000 guarantee on Saturday night. And winning tickets in the 20-cent Pick 5 for five numbers correct paid $1,066.60. Well, let's start with some of the championship recaps. The non-betting early race, the three-year-old Philly Trot for $27,500, named the Warren Hartman Championship, went to Twilight Tinker. Two-year-old Philly by Braggart out of Tappanot by Revenue, owned by Kathy Desert, trained by Nick Rowland and driven victory by Rick McGee for her first lifetime win. She picks up the championship in 204 and one-fifth. Again, Twilight Tinker for Kathy Desert, trainer Nick Rowland and driver Rick McGee in the two-year-old Philly Trot on Saturday. Then the Iris and Allen Backlund race, the championship for the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters. That was race number three on the betting program, and it went to number five, Beckham's Royal Duty. Upset winner at 7-1, picking up his first lifetime win, three-year-old Gelding by Money Talks out of Royal Gem by Royal Troubadour, owned by Sarah Beckham of Wisconsin, trained by David Ginter, driven victory by the Bobcat Dean McGee. Bred by Alvin Martin and Beckham's Royal Duty, trotted mile in 159, first lifetime win in 14 starts to take the three-year-old championship $35,000 event on Saturday night, Beckham's Royal Duty and Dean McGee. 
Next up on the program was the two-year-old Colt and Gelding's Minnesota Sire Championship for the Pacers. Colt and Gelding Pacers named the What a Terror Championship. Well, it went to the big favorite, Burning Blaze, who's dominated throughout the season. He picked up his seventh win and nine career starts in the championship for $40,000. Burning Blaze is a two-year-old Gelding by Wind Me Up out of Cowgirls and Indians by Jet Log. Owned by Allen and Cheryl Sandbold of Iowa and Edward Guten of New York. Trained by Justin Amphenson. Driven victory by Steve Wiseman. Burning Blaze stopped the timer in a new track record on Saturday night for two-year-old pacing geldings. 154-1 against Steve Wiseman in the bike. Burning Blaze sets a new track record in the two-year-old Colts and Gelding championship pace on Saturday night. Burning Blaze bred by part owners Allen and Cheryl Sandbold. Next up on the program was the Jack Boudon Championship race for two-year-old Colts and Gelding Trotters, also going for $40,000. Getting the job done was number seven in the field, MD Magic. Two-year-old Gelding by Braggart had a magical debut by striking Sabra, owned by Set the Pace Racing of Minnesota, trained by Nick Rowland, driven victory by the Bobcat Dean McGee for his second championship so far on the program. And he trotted the mile in two minutes flat, Again, it was MD Magic taking a new lifetime mark, two minutes flat, just missing the track record by one-fifth of a second. Very dominant season for MD Magic, his seventh win in nine starts as well. MD Magic with Dean McGee for trainer Nick Rowland in the two-year-old Colton Geldings trot. Then the Brian Pinsky Memorial Championship was for the two-year-old Philly Pacers, $40,000 purse, and the dominant Philly of 2018 at running aces, Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go, who set an early season track record of 154-1 for two-year-old Philly Pacers. Well, she picked up the championship on Saturday night with the Bobcat Dean McGee for owner Richard Davilar of Iowa, Gordon Graham, the winning trainer, Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go is by the sire Wind Me Up out of the Mare Dangerous Re Years. She's by Western Hanover. Again, Wind Me Up picked up her sixth win and eight starts on the season. She already has a track record, 154-1 and one from earlier on back in July. And she stopped the timer on Saturday night in 157-2. Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go for Rick Dabilar, Gordon Graham, and Dean McGee in the two-year-old Brian Kinspinski championship pace. Next up on the program was the three-year-old Philly trotting event, the Minnesota Sire Championship, named for John Throw, Minnesota Harness Racing Hall of Famer John Throw. The three-year-old Philly Championship trot for $35,000 went to number one, Mimi Marguerite. She started from post position five. She was coupled in the wagering with Decker, and Mimi Marguerite dominated affairs for her third straight victory in the three-year-old trotting uh, Minnesota Sired races. She took the championship in a new lifetime mark, 158-3, and three, a three-year-old filly by Braggart out of Weimar's Image by Wilson, Wyoming. Mimi Marguerite is owned by Jean Marquis and Jesse DeLong, trained by Justin Amphenson, and driven victory by James Yoder. Mimi Marguerite, again, a lifetime best mile in the championship, 158-3. and three. Next up on the program was the three-year-old Minnesota Sired pacing event for the Phillies. And that was named for Noreen C., also a Minnesota Harness Racing Hall of Famer, Noreen C., 
That's the championship name for the three-year-old Philly Pace in 2018, and it went to I'm on a Terror. I'm on a Terror picked up her seventh win in 15 starts on the season, 15th career victory, stopping the timer in 155 flat for a very impressive victory, her second win in a row. The three-year-old Philly is by Fancy Schmancy out of Cameo Terror by Western Terror. I'm on a Terror is owned by Brian Amphenson of Minnesota and Jesse DeLong of Wisconsin. Trained by Justin Amphenson, driven victory by James Yoder for his second championship on the program. For those of you keeping count, two for James Yoder so far, and three for the Bobcat, Dean McGee. Time for I'm on a Terror was 155 flat. Next up on the program is the three-year-old Colton Gelding Minnesota Sire Championship, the best deal in town, $35,000 championship at the three-year-old Boys Pacers. And the winner in that event would wind up being Dream Chasin with driver Nick Rowland. This horse picking up his second consecutive championship as the, he was the two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacing Championship last season. He did go gate to wire on Saturday night to pick up his back-to-back -back championships. Now a season's champion at age two and age three. It was his sixth win and 17 starts this year and pushed his earnings close to the $50,000 mark. He stopped the timer as well in 155 flat on Saturday night. Again, Dream Chasen, three-year-old gelding by Fancy Schmancy. Out of One Wild Apple by Francis Albert, is owned by Michelle and Greg Budak, trained by Greg Budak, and driven victory once again by Nick Rowland. Then in the Lorenz and Lemoyne Swenson Championship for the four-year-olds and up age trotters, well, it went to Almar Ribabay by the slimmest of margins to her full sister, finishing second, Almar Bonbon. Both of these mares are out of SOS Lunar Eclipse's The Sire. They're out of the mare Golden Victory by the Sire Valley Victor. Almar Bonbon is five years old. Almar Rebebebe is six years old. And Almar Rebebebe getting to the wire first by the slimmest of margins in a very sharp mile, 156 and 3. Almar Rebebebe is owned by and trained by Rick Davis of Wisconsin. Driven victory by the Bobcat Dean McGee for his fourth championship on the program on Saturday night. Almar Rebebebe, a whisker on top over full sister Almar Bonbon, the time 156 and 3. Next up on the big championship program was the Age Mayor's Pacing event. Another very exciting race, and Boom Boom Shaboom would dominate the affair and retire from racing in a style as the seven-year-old mayor by General A. Dead out of Boom Boom Broadway by Broadway Express will now be going to the breeding shed to produce babies as a broodmare while Boom Boom Shaboom closes out her career with 36 tallies in 91 career starts with a championship on Saturday night. She pushes her career earnings to $132,520. Took a lifetime mark mile, 153-3 and three at running aces at age 6 last season and stopped the timer on Saturday night in the championship in 155 flat. Boom Boom Shaboom, driven victory by Brady Jensen. Also, Brady Jensen does the training. Boom Boom Shaboom, owned by Brian and Kim Larson of Canton, South Dakota. And in the final championship and the final race of 2018, 
It was the Restless Yankee, named for the winningmost horse in the history of running aces. Restless Yankee picking up 34 victories at running aces over a span of five or six years on the racetrack locally here. Well, the Restless Yankee, four-year-olds and up, Horses and Geldings Pacing Championship for $20,000 went to Stucky Doe, the big favorite in the field. He has had a fantastic campaign in his career. The five-year-old by Voracious Hanover, 77 lifetime starts now with 27 victories, 14 seconds and 10 thirds. Just shy of a quarter million dollars now in the bank for Stucky Dope, who took a lifetime mark at Miami Valley Raceway earlier on the season at 150 and four. Stopped the timer on Saturday night in the championship in 153 and two. Stucky Dope is owned by Merlin Van Otterloo of Iowa, trained by Brett Ballinger, and was driven victory by Rick McGee, and Rick McGee had two championship wins on the program. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that closed out the 2018 live racing season. It was another fantastic season of live racing. We appreciate all the participation from our staff, our horsemen, and, of course, our racing fans who showed up on a regular basis. Nice crowds throughout the 2018 season, as usual. And uh, our signature events were huge success. Dan Patch free-for-all pacing weekend was a big success at Running Aces. And, of course, the Night of Champions program, a huge success. It was our best Saturday night uh, handle in the history of the track in 11 seasons. And uh, a very, very exciting night of racing at Running Aces on Saturday night to close out the season. We'll be back in action with live racing from May to September in 2019. Simulcasting goes on 365 days a year at Running Aces. Casino action, of course, 365 and 24-7 as well. For more information about upcoming events and for information about our live racing season in 2019, uh, check out our website, Run. Aces.com. Until then, this is track announcer Darren Gagne signing off from Running Aces for the 2018 season. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Dr. 
Back live here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Listen, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us on this edition. It was a great opportunity to kind of hear what happens behind the scenes in the Little Brown Jug with Jason Settleborn, Dave Brower, and uh, Missy Rothfuss. And, of course, a little chat with Mike Carter. Mike Carter was able even to even join his whole program, break away from the hardest racing fan zone for just a couple of minutes. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about one of the hardest working guys in the sport of hardest racing, Mike Carter certainly is. Well, I guess the time for talk is pretty much uh, come to an end, at least in about uh, four hours from now at 3.42 Eastern time. That's when the first of two divisions or the first of two eliminations for the Little Brown Jug will take place in Delaware, Ohio. Great, great horses uh, in both of these eliminations. In race 15 from the pylons out, you've got Lather up. Uh, of course, the uh, Montreal Teague-Clyde Francis combination. Uh, Order George Teague, they've just been, uh, this horse is just freaky good. But he does have some X's in his lines. Of course, the break in the Milstead and the break in uh, Hempt. Uh, one going for 400000 one going for 500000 But this horse is the Pepsi North America Cup winner. And he's coming off a 49-3 and three in that Ohio Sio Stakes final at Sioto. And he does draw the coveted pylon spot. This is the plan. We'll start from post two, finish third in the Pennsylvania Sios Thinks Championship. Babes Digney will start from post number three. Dunwell will start from post position number four. Key advisor, another Tony Alani entrant, will start from post five. Nutcracker Sweet, the place finisher in the Messenger, will start from post position six. And West Delight making his debut for Crawford Farms Racing will start from post position number seven. That's in the first elimination. Once again, that is scheduled to go off at 342. The Second elimination is race 16, and it's also the start of a $40,000 guaranteed pick four pool. And you've got uh, the Meadowlands pace winner, Courtly Choice, starting from post position number one, Hayden Hanover. Who had a chance to see win the Liberty Bell in 51-1 and one style, and that was a willing effort. That horse draws post position number two, Hitman Hill, post position number three for Chris Oaks and driver Brett Miller. Stay hungry looking to become, I believe, the 11th or the 12th pacer to win the uh, Triple Crown starts from post position four. Dorsaduro Hanover, the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes champ, will be starting from post position number five, and Decoy will start from post position at number six. So 13 very talented horses, and of course, uh, some of them will be coming back to compete in race 20 on the program, which of course is the Little Brown Jug number 73 final. Well, listen, we appreciate everybody joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't forget Join us tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, as we broadcast live from the Hoosier Pacing Derby. Mike Bozich will be there with a – or excuse me, Mike Carter will be there with a cast of thousands, and that includes Gold Sheet Bob, Ayers Ratliff, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Otten. Don't forget to join us at 8 o'clock. Mike Carter said he's picking up the dinner tab for all of them, so we'll, uh, I'll believe that when I see it. Also, I have to – Close on this note, a very special happy birthday to somebody that puts up with a whole heck of a lot from me, and that is my wife, Francine. And yes, Francine, just like me, you are officially old. <laughs> happy birthday, Francine. Uh, celebrating, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say how old, but we'll just say that uh, we're getting wiser. 
On behalf of everybody here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we appreciate all of our guests joining us here today. Enjoy the little brown truck. Don't forget Aries Philadelphia, too. Starts today at 1225 Liberty Bell Action today at Aries Philadelphia. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who wants to take me home.